to that. Amen. Can we get some people to move towards the center? If you can, we need some more people to move towards the center house, please. And we're going to get started. Let's pray over this. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the provision through the cross, through your blood that was shed for us, totally set free by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. Lord, we pray over these finances that they would be multiplied. Where we see lack, you're a good father, that we should not lack any good thing. I ask you to bless these people that have given to the kingdom. You bless them abundantly, and they won't lack any good thing. You'll bless them abundantly in the land, in the going in, coming in, and going out, in the city and in the field. You'll bless them abundantly. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Amen. I got, do we have any worriers in the house? Anybody ever worry? Or we got a bunch of liars? No, I don't see nobody lifting their hands. Yep. I, I think what people try to do is they just say, well, we're concerned. That's baloney. You're worrying. And we're going to talk about today. So I said, don't worry. There was a song. What was the song? Don't worry. If you worry, you're not happy. You can't be. Because why? Because you worry. And usually I'm going to share some points today, some t statistics that show that really your worry is of nothing. There's a lot of things we worry about that don't even happen. And we'll get into that. Let's turn to the first scripture. You put it up on the board. Amplified version, Matthew 6, 24. Y'all can hear me? All right, good. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one, the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is listed as money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. Boy, it just nails it. I mean, that's, that's mammon. And what I want to talk about today is that a lot of us can make our needs a God. We can actually trust in uh, our own selves, and so we lose hope, we get worried. And uh, right here, there was, a, there was a parable that Jesus talked about. There was a man who yielded many crops. And so he had like a bunch of things. He was gaining a lot of crops and stuff. And what he had was he had some barns already built. And he said, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down those barns and I'll build bigger ones so I can put all or store all my crops in that, those new buildings. So basically gaining, and he was going to make bigger barns to store all those. And the Bible says that in that time, he said, and I know what I'll do. I'll put those things away, and I'll say to myself, you've done well, you've gained, sit back, eat, be blessed, be merry. And uh, God said to him, you fool, this day your soul will be required of him, of you. And what he was saying was, you're putting away, you're building your own kingdom. You're building your own house. And he said, you fool, you're missing it right now. And, and that's what happens when we trust in riches and mammon because that's where the earth or the world, it can be taken away from us. Y'all notice how one day you got, but then the next day you don't got? <laughs> you know, you can lose things. The Bible says that, you know, uh, destruction can come or the moth can eat or your thieves can break in and steal. We know we have a protection, but things are subject to be gone. They're, they're subject to leave. And I'm going to read this. Matthew, uh, let's start right here. Matthew 6, 25. Uh, we'll start right here. New King James. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Anybody worry about their life? I mean, man, we're thinking Steph's going, you know, I need this amount of money for the end of this week. And I said, well, you need to trust God. She said, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to trust you. Yeah. I mean, you know, no pressure. 
but there's concern. There, and, but concern can turn into worry. Why? Because you're trusting in yourself. You know, and God works through a man, and we do what we can, but you know what? There comes to a place where you don't have what you need. And so when we don't have what we need, there comes worry. When we don't have the things that we need in us to present what we need, it, it wor we worry. And uh, the Bible says, what is it profit? Watch this, because those of y'all who were seeking the world and everything in it, and you want like the riches of the world, the fame, when he talked about everything that's not the Lord, when you seek all that, the Bible says this, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? They're out there doing it right now. People are out there doing it right now. They're gaining, trying to gain the whole world and their souls, they're losing their souls. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? They do it every day. And you know, it was hurtful to see that billionaire that's all over the news, that guy took his life. And you know, he had everything. And, and I don't even know the, the ending result. I don't know if the man accepted the Lord right in the end of his life. You know, nobody can judge that. You're, one thing you're not is a judge. But one thing that you are or should be as a Christian is a servant. And so when we're serving, y'all, when you're doing the kingdom's business, you're about the Father's business, you're not going to be so concerned about the things that you need. Let me go here. Fears today, two of the greatest fears. Let me read this uh, little uh, thing I looked up. I was thinking of two of the greatest fears. They had like 40 of the greatest fears. What do you think two of the greatest fears would be? I'm doing one of them right now, public speaking. This is not a, this is not a motivational speech. This is a kingdom of God call, and it's a message. It's the message from the messenger. But anyway... One of them is public speaking, and then the other one is death. Well, guess what? God's got both of those taken care of. And, uh, you know, if you don't know, we, we, when we do these outreaches, we had a blast at Walmart a couple of weeks ago. Kevin took one door, and I took the other door, and we had some ladies around us and from the church and stuff, and so we were witnessing to them and everything. And I told the guys, uh, people coming in, I said, you know, we wanna, we're just out here from the River Church and we're wanting to pray with you, whatever needs you have, we'd like to pray with you. And also, too, we check if they were saved. Because you know what? God doesn't want you to meet your needs and then you go to hell. And people, not every dog, let me, let me share this with you, not every dog goes to heaven. Not calling people dogs, but not everybody goes to heaven. There are requirements of going to heaven. It's called being born again. Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And religions teach that if you're just part of the church, you'll make it in. That's not true. The word of God says, unless a man, Jesus approached Nicodemus or Nicodemus came to him at night, a rich ruler approached him that really knew the law, but Jesus came and he fulfilled that law. But he approached Jesus at night and Jesus told him, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? That's a total acceptance and reliance and commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. So if you're being taught something else, they're lying to you. Unless a man be born again. So unless you... Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's Romans 10, 9 and 10. Uh, raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that is the gospel. Let me read this statistic here. 500 years ago, anybody heard of a man named Michael D. Montague? Montague? He was actually a philosopher. I read this little note on him. Listen to this. It's real cool. It's going to probably take me a minute. My life, this is him speaking. My life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which never happened. Now, there is a study to prove 
it, this study looked into how many of our imagined, imagined calamities never materialized. Meaning the thoughts that roll through your mind, they really never even come to fruition. Wow. I'm going to show you how the enemy works on your mind. Watch this. In this study, subjects, which are people, were asked to write down their worries over an extended period of time and then identify which of their imagined misfortunes did not actually uh, happen. Lo and behold, it turns out that 85% of what people worried about never even happened. 85%. Wow. That's amazing. When I re read this, I'm like, wow. And I'm thinking to my own self, you know, this that I'm preaching, I've already repented in my own heart. I, I mean, I'm a man just like y'all. And thank God repentance is just not one day and you repent and it's all done. Now listen, what Jesus did, it's done. It's finished. He doesn't need to die again. And your total provision of everything is in that shed blood of the cross. You don't have to look for it anywhere else. It's not in self-helps. It's not in psychology. It's in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's where you reach. That's where your very present help is in the time of need or trouble. Amen, amen. Let's see. Uh, so 85% of what people are worried about never happened. And with the 15% that happened, 79% of people discovered either they could handle the difficulty better than expected or the difficulty taught them a lesson worth learning. Anybody ever go through things and it's like you, man, I'm telling you, in work, we experience some really hard things. I run a business remodeling. And there's some things that really, over the years, over 17 years, have really hit me hard. Like we would get through sheetrocking a lady's house, and you know, you're, you're all through with it. The mud work's been done. A lot of process. That's what I'm going to nail today, that this walk is a process. You don't have to worry. It's not over with. It's a process. And God is on your side. If God be for you, who can be against you? So basically, we're, I'm looking at these sheetrock ceilings and I'm thinking, man, they look good. And you go to put primer on it and you go to put paint on it. When you put paint, it's done. It's done. But I walk back in the room after I paint it and I look at it when a, a different shadow cast in from the sun. And I'm looking at them going, oh my God, there's humps in it. And if you know what humps come from, it comes from maybe putting too much mud, not sanding enough, not blending it. But things like that we have gone through, and they've been hurtful and hard. Think about some hardships that you've been through. Did you learn a little something from them? It wasn't that bad because you learned it. I went through a divorce when my kids were four and five, and I was running like a crazy man, drug and alcohol. And then I hit a roadblock. Was that roadblock a bad thing? Now God didn't put me through a divorce. Mickey put me through a divorce. But that roadblock was a hard place to come to. But guess what? I was able to repent. So I was able to turn from my wicked ways that God would heal my land. Hey, amen. So that's good. To, so a hard thing is not necessarily a bad thing. Think about the Navy SEALs and how they're trained. And, you know, you think about this. I looked up World War II. I don't think of anything that I've been through as being that fearful. Look up the documentaries of World War II and these young boys getting off this boat, throwing up. And you think worry? You think you got something to worry about? These guys just shatterbrained getting off this boat, not even knowing, and then hot lead flying at them, not even knowing if they're going to make it. Praying, you know, God, save me, help me. 
and then they're getting off that boat to land to fight for you and I, for our freedom. Huh? So that's something, man. Think about what people have been through. Think about what the Lord went through in the Garden of Gethsemane where he shed blood. You know, uh, teardrops of blood. You know, he was in agony and pain. Why? Because of you and my sin. He paid a sin debt. Like Jay said, he paid a debt you can't afford. But you know what? If you don't accept, this is what I see. People don't go to hell for their sin. You go to hell for rejecting the payment paid for your sin. You go to hell for rejecting Jesus. He paid for your sin. You can't afford it. I can't afford it. But Jesus did. The Bible says while we were still yet sinners, he died for us. While you were still in your muck, in miry clay, he would go to the cross. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, there was a joy set before him. You were that joy. You want to worry? You don't have to worry in Christ. But you know what? Outside of Christ, you got every reason to worry. I had uh, my mom's Spanish Indian, and uh, when she was younger, the hot game was, um, what was it? Um, it's a, it was a gun game they played, Russian roulette. Man, you'd think, that's crazy. They, her friends were Mexican. They'd sit around the table, and they'd click that gun. They got one bullet in the chamber, pass it around. It's funny. How many of you know somebody got that bullet? Russian roulette. You would say, my God, that is crazy. That's what people are playing every day outside of Christ. Because you don't know the day or the hour where he's going to either return or you're going to leave here. So the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't wait till tomorrow for you don't know what tomorrow is going to offer. It's going to bring its own worries. Anyway, I'm going to finish reading this because it's real good. Night, night, uh, let's see, 79% of the people discovered that either they could handle the difficulty better than expected or the difficulty taught them a lesson worth learning. That, this means that 97% of what you worry about is not much more than a fearful mind punishing you. Listen to this. Punishing you with exaggerations and misperceptions. If that don't sound like the enemy, I don't know what does. The Bible says he blinds the minds of those who don't believe. There's a world we're trying to win. When you come to bring those baskets to fill them, we're trying to reach the world out there. You've been reached, so you need to be reaching. And um, this, this next scripture, it really nails, and we use it a lot, Philippians 4. You put it on there if you can, Philippians 4, 6. Probably skipping over a little bit. Um, Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. That's really saying be careful for nothing. You really don't need to worry. Because God has supplied. But what he's trying to show you is the reason you worry is because we're looking for things first. We're looking for the, the things to be added. We're looking for the finance. We're looking for our children to, to be able to be taken care of. We're looking for all our daily needs. And we need to be seeking first the kingdom. Let me read this. For, uh, be anxious for nothing but in prayer. Everybody been praying? We've been believing God. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You know what? If you're thankful, you usually won't worry. I'm a thankful man. I get on my knees and I thank God that blood's there. I thank God that his mercies are new every morning that I can get down on my knees and say, Lord, like if you ever read Psalms 51, David, after he met with Shab, uh, Bastid, how did, Bathsheba, yeah. All right, he did his deal. You know, man meets woman. But right after that, 
and he was going to reap. Don't think you won't reap the percussions of your sin. Somebody said, well, I'll just plead the blood over you. You're still going to reap. You still, you plead the blood, you're going to still reap. What a man soweth, what a man soweth, that shall he also to reap. You will reap. Now listen, that's a place where you can call out for mercy. God help me, you know, and God is merciful to the sinner. But um, God will meet your needs in that. A thankful heart, if you're thankful and grateful. This is what thankfulness is. Thankful for what Jesus has already done. What people that worry is looking for God to do something now. And, and that's okay. You need to expect God. I heard, I heard this little saying. It's prayer, prayer is not reminding God. It's not informing God of what you need. It, it, God knows. He, he knows the things you have need of. It's by faith, trust in God in your provision. That he has a provision. Not only does he have it, not only does he will to take care of you, he's going to do it. He's able. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that works in you. What is that? That power is just faith. Believing in his resurrection power. Everything's going to come through the blood. Like Pastor says, you pray to the Father. I love how he says it. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. The blood is your total reliance. When you're, when you're saved, you're justified. You've been given something you can't own, you can't earn, or you can't pay for. When you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't have to try to work for what you've received. It's been given. It's a free gift. It's called eternal life. All you need to do is accept it. The second thing is called sanctification. That is how you live for God daily. Anybody ever mess up in the house? I'm lifting my hand. Y'all better lift it with me. Man, don't make me feel like a loner. <laughs> One thing I never do is stand up here to make myself look like something you're not. I will never do that. A man of God is to serve. A man of God is to keep humble before uh, what God has honored him to do. That is what we are called. A minister is a servant. And ministry equals, guess what? Y'all who don't like to work, get up. It's time to get up. Get around me. Get around me if you don't like to work. I'll scare you. Ministry equals ministry equals work. Work. Get around your pastor. Get around. I ain't got a problem. I work. Yep, I'll be one of those ones that I'll work him. I'll tell him to. <laughs> Anyway, let me, let me read back this a little bit. Matthew, therefore I say to you, because it starts out in verse 25. We can get that up there. Do not worry about your life and what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body not, or body more than clothing? And then verse 26 Look at the birds of the air. Now, if you look back, do not worry about your life. These are things that we can do on our own. We can kind of we can feed ourselves. They're natural things. And that's what I was looking at. We can we can drink, we can pull something up to drink, and we can also find out what we're gonna wear. Jada's candy pick your clothes out. Any of y'all husbands, you Pastor always tells me, yeah, Steph dressed you. I'm like, no, I did it myself, man. Anyway, we can do these things. We can do these things naturally. But there's three things right here that you can't do. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You, ain't gonna, you can't take care of no bird. Really, it takes God to take care of his own nature. And it's really, really, God doesn't have to come down and take care of a bird. He's really already set things in order. 
Y'all, let me tell you something. God doesn't worry. And, and I looked up, I looked up the picture of a wart because I thought, worry what? Worry? Man, you look at a wart. Probably, probably some of y'all have had them. I had them when I was a young boy. Them things are gross looking. I mean, that's nasty. So when you worry, you look nasty. And guess what? The world ain't going to want what you want. Right? They already got doom and gloom. You going to give it to them too? Anyway, just being a little facetious there. But the Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than the birds? God looks at you as being unique. The man of God said it the other day, man, don't try to be someone else. I really don't want to be somebody else. And I don't want somebody to try to be like me. It's okay to pull some things and just uh, covet spiritual gifts. That's okay. But not, not to covet your neighbor's wife and just things that you are your own individual person. You don't have to be like someone else. God has, how they say it, cookie cut. He has cut you a certain design and you will reach people just in your own area. So you just need to do you. You need to trust God with your uniqueness. And, uh, but the Bible says right here, which of you by worrying can add cubit to your statue? So I bet you some of you wish you could add a little bit to your height, uh, or maybe take away. But God, you can't do anything about some of these things that are happening. And do you think for some reason in there, we think that by laying worry on top of it, we're going to do some kind of good. I think the biggest thing that, that we have gone through is financial. And I think that thing, it's real big. It wrecks marriages. It, it wrecks a lot of just people's lives, and even as a Christian. So you can be taken out by that. Let me, let me read a little bit uh, a little bit more. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven or into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. You know what? Little faith is okay, at least it's some faith, but your faith continues to grow. That's why you sit underneath the preaching of the word. Does faith come by what? Hearing and hearing. You got to keep hearing because you got to keep growing. Uh, someone came into church a while back because I've seen many people come. I've probably seen more people go. You know why? Because this is not a one, it, this ain't no UPS. It's not a one night stance, neither. With God, you're in for the long haul. The Bible says count the cost. Count the cost, why? Think about why you're in it. You know, it's not what you do, it's why you do it. God, God checks the motives of your heart. So basically, I've seen more people go, why? Because they weren't willing to give their life over to the Lord. I'm not saying some people could have went to other churches. We don't know all that. But I know nine times out of ten, people give up. And you know what? Sanctification, I was just talking about this. I'm kind of jumping over. Um, sanctification is how you live for God. This is nothing that you, can, you can't pray enough. People think, man, I just need to fast more. I need to pray more. I need to read more. I need to go to church more. I need to do groups more. L listen, I need to do you're working and all those things to a believer are very important you need to be praying you need to be fasting you need to be witnessing but that's not your work to earn something and so whatever needs because we all have needs it's different battles we all face your battle is won in the shed blood of Jesus Christ you will not get it any other way he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's true, Jesus Christ. 
And how do we do it? Sometimes we do it, we try to do it another way, and guess what? We get caught up in worry and there. I can't do it. A lot of people leave because they see, they see all these Christians and they think everybody's perfect in here. Man, they could see my life. Now look, I came a long ways already. But you know what? I, it, the Bible doesn't ever, ever talk about sinless perfection. But it does talk about maturity. And, and listen, this is going to be a real big weight off of y'all. This right here. Everybody thinks I'm not perfect. Well, we know none of us are, but Jesus is. And he died for you and I. Perfection actually means, if you look it up in the Greek, it means maturity. Maturity means even if I've messed up, I can get back up. And God's going to help me. So no matter how many times you fall, you get your butt back up. You keep getting up. A lot of people don't get up because they're thinking everybody's in here perfect. Everybody's done walked in perfectly, 100% victory. No, we're all being challenged. We all miss it. If we're honest, we would say that. But it doesn't, faith never denies that a circumstance exists. Faith will never say, uh-uh, no, I don't have a cold. We were taught that some years ago. Uh-uh, don't speak that you don't have a cold because you're, you're going to be cursed with a cold. No, if you got a cold, you got a cold. What I'm saying is faith never denies that the circumstance exists. The battle's real. I had cancer years uh, last year. That battle was real. But faith says, I'm going to trust the word of God over what I'm feeling, what I'm involved in. I'm going to trust almighty God. So that's another thing. Cancer hit. I'll, I'll testify a little bit of that. They told me, y'all going to like this one. Because Steph, Steph is like my holy ghost at home. I mean, the Lord speaks to her. And sometimes I go, nah, nah. Nah, he ain't saying nothing to me. And then I'll walk off and I'm like, golly, she's right. Man. Anyway, the doctor told me, okay, you got out of cancer. I was literally had eight inches taken out my stomach. And it was really, really painful. I've been through a lot of surgeries and stuff, but that was a little bit different. So I was out of work and May God really move miraculously through the doctors, through, like Jay said, man, don't be an idiot. Listen, you get out in a wreck on the highway and you're full of blood and you can't move and you say, I'm just going to pray by faith, you better get an ambulance over there. God has blessed these people. God has blessed these people to go through school and to study your body. So he's given them as gifts. They're, they're really nothing other than a man with a pulpit. That's what they are. And they're a man with tools, okay? I work my tools. I walk every day with a bag of tools, and I work, I'm a man with my tools. Right up here, I'm a man with tools. I'm a man with tools. And so the gospel is the written word of God. We believe that. But anyway, um, Faith never denies that the circumstance exists. And what we did was when we, they said the big C word, cancer, I put the big C word on top of cancer and I put Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Steph, Steph looked at me with them big dark eyes and tears rolling down. <laughs> dark green, whatever, man. Look, if I'm off a little bit, y'all forgive me. Y'all need forgiveness too, so don't put that on me. Anyway, she told me, the doctors told me you got cancer, and I told her, we're not going to do anything different. We're going to believe God. It's kind of like Steph cleans her house up real, real good. So when company comes over, she ain't got to get in there and rearrange stuff and start cleaning up because it's not already done. It's already done. That's the same way you believe. The Word of God is already in you. All you got to do is tap into it. Say, Lord, I thank you that you're in me. I thank you that cancer is not going to defeat me. I have victory. You paid for it with your blood shed on that cross. 
Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. But also, too, total provision in sanctification, cleaning up. God cleaning you up is in that blood. But anyway, so they told us we walked through all that. They sewed me back up. I was able to walk through it miraculously. It really, uh, you know, it really went well. And after that, they told me, um, they would check up. They said, you need to work out. You need to do some exercise and you need to eat better. And uh, I never really had to work out, you know, so I just work out. I mean, I played sports and everything, so I didn't really want to. So I, and I kept on eating. This is after the surgery. I kept on eating like I eat, man. I'm a man. I like to eat. You know, any men like to eat in here? Or am, I, am I the only one? My girl, my girl say, man, he is a hog, man. I'm like, I'm a man. <laughs> anyway, I work, you know, I eat. So they told, and Steph caught that, and she's like, you ain't doing neither of them. You're not eating right, and you're not exercising. And so I thought about it. I said, hmm, she's right. And so I started doing those things. Well, what I do is when I do something, I'm extreme. I started running stadiums. I run stadiums. So, so I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm talking about process now, y'all, because many people leave because the process is too hard. You think it's too hard? Think about nails that were driven through the hands of Jesus for you and I. My business, that's what it says, Nail Prince Cypress. It talks about he was pierced. He was nail printed for my sin. You think about hard? The, the one that was stri striving, shed blood against sin, against your and I's sin. And so we looked at, I looked at that and uh, I started exercising and I thought about this. If you're running up these steps, there's three different sections that I run up. There's a real, real high one up at Plaquemine High. Y'all been there. I'm not from Plaquemine, so I just kind of started this thing. But there's one with 25 steps. And if you look up that thing, you got to look up. It's way up there. And it looks like, man, man, I got a long ways to go. But the middle one is a little shorter. And the steps are a little less. So I've been running up that one to kind of start. And I was thinking about this. If you miss one step, I'm going to hurt one step. And what I'm saying is, is that sometimes if we miss the process, if you leave the process, you miss steps of what God wants to do. And you know what? All of your steps may not be like somebody else's steps. And so your steps are their purpose. If anything I ever felt that I was special was when a body, the body of Christ told me when I was a young Christian that I was purposed, that God had a purpose for me. No wonder the world lives like what they live like. There's no purpose. If you can't see, I guess if you see like I saw, you're just all here, we're going to die one day, and that's it. I didn't even know that there was a hell and that, you know, I would be going there. So no purpose, but each one of you have purpose. And you know what? The purpose provision has already been made. And so that's what he's saying right here is, don't worry about what you have need of. I'm going to show you this. We're doing good on time. The Bible says in verse 32, you can go there, for all these things the Gentiles seek, that's us Gentiles, either Jew or Gentile, for your heavenly Father knows the thing, or your heavenly Father knows you have need or need all these things, but seek first. And that's, that's why we worry is because we're seeking things and we're not seeking God. We're looking for God for his things. With the, they just said a, uh, sung a song a little while ago about, you know, God, I don't want your things or your gifts. I want you. 
seek, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Stop right there. So you got to know what that means, kingdom of God. Well, that refers to God in his presence. And really the kingdom of God is Christ, Christ. The Bible says he humbled himself, he humbled himself even as unto death. Why? For me and you, but also too, it was the will of the Father. So he get, he said, not my will, but thine will be done. So he gave his will over to the Father. That's the, so the kingdom of God is Christ and him crucified. And let me write, let me read this with um, the king. I wrote this down with the kingdom of God. Because, man, we, it just sounds so good, you know, about what we, uh, what is set before us. But it's not just, it's not just for heaven. It's for here, and we got to see it. So trust, let me, let me read this real quick. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I'm going to read this verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. When you lean upon your own understanding or try to figure out something 10 different ways, God's going to do it the 11th and 12th. He's never going to do it your way. His ways, the Bible says, are much higher. His thoughts, they're greater. Why? Because he's got more than just you involved. He's got your families. He's got your friends. He's got the world involved here. So remember, your steps, they're not just a step that you see. Your steps can be greater walking up them. But you know what? Each step is important that you take because you're not going to get to the top if you make if you miss steps and a lot of people want the good way at that you know you see your vision and your call and everything and it's way up at the top you have to take a step at a time no one ever leaps up those stairs and just becomes up there there's a lot of things we have to go through but you have to know that there's more people involved than just you there, there's the world is at stake. So the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He's got it. God's not sitting up in heaven taking Alka-Seltzer. He got this thing mapped out. Either you're in or you're out. I'd stay in. I'd rather fall on the rock than the rock fall on me. The rock is Christ. Amen. Praise God. Let me finish. I'm going to read, kind of moving around a little bit. I'm going to read this little thing about worry. I want to keep going on it, go back to it. The study looked into how many of our imagined calamities never materialize. In the study, people were asked to write down their worries over an extended period of time. All right, let me move on. That means that 97% of what you worry over is not much more than a fearful mind punishing you with exaggerations and misperceptions. Worry, y'all listen to this, because some of you could have this. I mean, I did. I did. These are symptoms of worry. This, this is going to nail you. It nailed me already. Look. Lord, forgive me. Well, I have sinned. You know, you just got to get repentive and, and, you know, see your fault. See your wrong. And, and get with God and repent. But listen to this. Many, many sicknesses people go through. Uh, which can cause shrinking brain mass. Worrying. Worrying shrinking brain mass. Y'all want to worry? Want to keep worrying? I don't think so. You're going to want to trust the Lord with all your heart. Lowering your IQ. When your brain starts shrinking, you get stupid. <laughs> you do. I mean, we shouldn't. We shouldn't, and I'm not speaking down on people. Look, these, these ailments are real. 
But there's sometimes there is a cause. And, and you know what? Sin will find you out, the Bible says. And sometimes these things, the root of them, in my cancer, I'll put it this way, I'm going to use myself as an example. When I had the cancer, everybody was looking for the praise report of me being healed. That's good. But the Lord was nailing me inside saying, I'm showing you something, boy, and you. You, you, you got something here you need to deal with. Now, he didn't bring that upon me, but I could have caused that. I could have brought evil into my life. So you look for the glory report. I found the glory report. Because you know what? First John says, I wish the beloved, I, that's you and me. Beloved, I wish above all that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Guess what? I told God this. I don't want to prosper in any of my life with riches or abundance or health or anything if I'm not prospering in my soul first. Shame on me as a believer if I'm gaining the whole world and losing my soul. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Come on, man. We are a body of believers bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You shouldn't be worrying. Here's some more uh, gifts. I'll just put it like that. Prone to heart disease. Watch this one. Cancer. Premature aging. What is the world doing today? Primping so they don't look aged. So they got to spend all this money to fix themselves up so they don't look old. I think the younger are trying to look older. And the older, they trying to go backwards and look younger, right? Isn't that how it goes? Aging. Marriage problems. Wow. And you know, statistically, Christians have a percentage that's kind of relative or kind of the same as what the world has. It's really kind of close, comparable. Clinical depression. You know what clinical depression is? Clinical, and I heard this term before. Clinical depression is basically looking at things in your life and looking at them so deep that you see oh, things will never change. It'll never get better. And so guess what? All hope is gone. And so people just do this. Boom. Because clinical, when you get in a state like that, you just can't see out of it. It's almost like, you know, there's jail bars with separation. These bars, there's no separation. You can't see out. And so you get in a place of desperation and no hope. And so people just think the easy way out. They were saying about that billionaire that killed himself. People are saying he took the easy way out. You know what? If he didn't accept the Lord Jesus Christ... You call that the easy way? You know, hell is never made for man. Hell was made for the enemy and his angels. But if you reject Jesus Christ, you will be eternally damned in hell. You will. And so if we preach anything other than Christ and him crucified and the cross, that's what we preach. The Bible says we preach him. We preach Christ. So my main thing today, y'all, is, is in Him. Don't worry in Him. Stay in Him. If you're not in Christ, we're going to pray in a little while and you can receive Christ. You might say, well, I'm not good enough. I got to go back and I got to get, y'all have heard this said, you invite people to church and they say, well, I got to get, I got to get better before I come in church. Really? Really? Who's going to get you better? You? I, there, there, there's no way I could have got myself gooder. No way. Y'all like that vernacular? <laughs> you can't make yourself any better than who you are. But Christ will continue to make you into his own image. By his Holy Spirit. And, and y'all, really, like Jay was nailing that thing, really, he wants his people free.
And I heard this said too that, you know, you look at God's people and it's like back in Egypt, man. I mean, they're just, they're, they're bound. And, and you know what? If you're bound by something, just know that the chains have already been broken. Victory's already been set. You need to believe God. Listen, we pray, we're good at praying. But when you pray, you need to know what you're praying about. You're praying in belief. The Bible says, Romans 10, 9 and 10, I'm going to go over it again. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. For with the mouth one confesses unto salvation, and with the heart one believes unto righteousness. Do you believe? So when you're praying, you got to believe somewhere in there. That's faith. You can't just pray because it's just words. So a lot of people are saying, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. What are you going to do? You're not going to work for it. You're gonna, you're a believer believes. You've got to get somewhere in there. You've got to trust God. And you know what? God, through the process, is going to take you. And it's going to burn. And it's going to get hard sometimes. And it's going to get ugly. You know, I think about these remodels we do. Man, we're in one right now. Oh, my God. We got this lady's house turned upside down. Her floors are all open and you see dirt. And that lady's probably thinking, oh my God, this ain't my house. But how many of you know there's got to be a process of tearing out and pulling out? I don't know about y'all, but I got some yuck in me. But I had more yuck before. But I got more grace now because I trust in the grace of God. Guess what? The grace of God is his help. The grace of God is the strength of God. The, Paul said this, my sufficiency, it's nothing. But my sufficiency of myself, it's nothing. Anything that I do, it's nothing. But he said, my sufficiency is of God. It's of God. His hope, his trust, his preach, his message, his life was all in Christ. And so he was trusting in the Lord. And that's where you got to keep your heart is trusting in the Lord. Um, we fear lots of things, but I think there is no greater fear. Well, I had said that uh, World War II. Let me go down. We're getting close, y'all. I appreciate y'all being patient. This is so important because a lot of people, like I said, just don't, they don't last. And the Bible says endure as a good soldier, man. You, you, you got a, a vision. And you gotta, you got to run with, the Bible says run with endurance. I, my dad, y'all might have heard me say this before, but my, my dad used to run marathons. And uh, when you run a marathon, you had better train. This is not a little mile down the road. This is a trip. And so I watched him at 40. I've never seen the aggression like this man had. At 40-something years old, he was running at marathons. He would run 80 miles a week, y'all. 80 miles a week. How many of you know he was training? He was enduring. He was sweating. He was doing things. He was wearing. I watched him buy, like, the lightest shoes. They wore the little bitty shorts. Everything real light. The Bible says, be careful. In Hebrews, it talks about be careful or quick to read anything, any sin that so easily besets you. Y'all know the thing that easily besets you. What that does is the enemy, if he can get you in sin, it robs your witness. That's why Jay was saying God wants his people free. When you're free, you'll stand out in Walmart and you'll just let it go. And I'm not, it's not about perfection, y'all. You come with your battles to God. Don't Just because you have a battle doesn't mean you're not good enough to witness to somebody. Man, you share your testimony. You've got something that God's done already. You might not be perfect. Guess what? Nobody is sitting next to you neither. But you've got something that is tangible that God has set you free from, and you share it. But when we were at Walmart, I told them, you know, when we were praying for people, I said, 
kind of a different alternative than somebody walking in here and mowing the place up with machine guns, huh? Because they had all them shootings at Walmart. I said, we're out here praying and trying to love on people. Kind of different alternative, huh? It's not a wonder they wouldn't accept prayer, huh? Everybody, almost everybody accepted prayer. They saw that. I'm going to close right here because i got a, a little close. And let me just read this real quick. First Peter says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the hand, a mighty hand of, all, of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And really, y'all, when he talks about exalting you, it's not to exalt you, to make you, you know, like somebody special and to be seen by man. Your exaltation is to bring you out of bondage, to free you so you can exalt Jesus. You're all, man, all, our only thing, like Peter said, man, why do you look upon us as though we have made this man well? Don't look at us. And he, he started lifting up the name of Jesus. He showed where Jesus did this, Jesus. So anyway, your, God will exalt you out of, your, out of your troubles in due season. And the Bible also says if you don't faint in due season, you'll reap if you faint not, if you don't give up. You fall, get back up. I'm not condoning sin, y'all. Look, we need to come out. The Bible says in Romans 6, 1, shall grace abound that you should remain in sin? And I, I, I know, I, I, it's like, man, you get in places where you get free and then you feel like you went backwards. Anybody do that? I did. I'll tell out on myself. I don't care. I know I'm a work in progress. You are, like your pastor says, you are, or he, he, he says, I'm under construction. You're a construction project. You know, for God, and God's working on you, casting all your cares. Wow. Boy, if that doesn't, this is the scripture that says there is a rest for God's people. In Hebrews, it talks about this is the rest for God's people, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. You feel like no one cares for you? The Lord Jesus does. And you know what? God's people do. God's people are never, man, we're, that's what I love about this church. And y'all, I've been here 20 years. I've been here when this thing first started, not build myself up, but I just, I was a tag along. I was like, pastor and masseuse and I was like that little duck following them I didn't know what what was going on I mean and they didn't even start the church yet they were bringing me to another church and I'm like man I didn't know and then I started bringing my kids in and just here we are 20 years later but I'm gonna tell you God's people in this church right here we love people people are not out to get any gain from you they're not looking to get your goods. They're trying to help people here. And that's what we should be as Christians. I'm going to close right here. I was out there in that field the other day. I'm, I'm talking about right here, about just believing God for your witness. When you're witnessing, when you're sharing the love of Jesus, you're not going to worry about the things that you have need of. Because you're going to know, not that you're working for your needs to be done, but you're going to know God's already got me. When I'm out there witnessing, I'm taking, I'm always in people's lives. And, and that might just be my, you know, one of my giftings in there, but I'm always in it. Yours may be a different realm and different, you can't pinpoint mine for you. But I'm all, when I'm doing those things, I really, even when Steph gets worried, it don't worry me. Matter of fact, sometimes I got to tell her to shut up. Quit worrying. God will tell you, shut up. Shut your mouth. I'm out in that stadium in Plaquemine, and I'm running my thing, sweating, you know, feeling good. And I got through. And I was running those steps and stuff, and I got through. I saw trash all over. And it wasn't like that a couple of nights before. And I go every night. I'm out there at like 8, 8.30 at night when everybody's done left. 
And I went out there and they had trash everywhere. And I'm thinking, and I just said, Lord, and I'm not like praying and tongues for two hours. And I just said, Lord, I wonder what it would be like if, and I'm thinking about witnessing. I wonder what it would be like if these cameras are watching me running and just normally those cameras that they have around there, they're watching people come do destruction. Okay? They're watching people steal. They're watching people cut them fields up that they manicure, that they spend millions of dollars, I'm sure, on keeping the place up. I'm wondering about, and I started to pick up trash and stuff, get my hands dirty, you know, what we need to do. And I started picking up trash. I started putting them in garbage cans. The trash had ants on them. None of them ants bit me. And I started saying, Lord, wondering if I pick up all this trash and they see me, would they give me a shot to speak in this stadium? If they acknowledge what I'm doing, would they give me a shot to speak about why I did what I did? If I could share the love of Jesus, I'm thinking big, y'all. Would they give me a shot to speak in the name of Jesus in front of all this football stadium? I'll do it. I'm like, Isaiah, I'll go, send me, Lord. But we need to believe God in your witness big. Just believe. And, and you know what? Kevin's doing the little, uh, the outreach. I don't want to call it little because it's big. It's souls. That street is very long. And I told Kevin, of course, I'm going to come if I can. I don't know if we got a party or something. I really want to go. We're going to see. Is it? Okay. Well, <laughs> So, Kevin, I might not be gone, but my, my thing is this, y'all. Maybe, maybe you are at a place where you're, you're a little scared to do it. I, I get like that, too, but I can break free and do it. Get with somebody who is comfortable. Get, get with somebody who will do it, and you kind of learn. You're being trained, and obviously the Holy Spirit's got to help you. Because we really don't want to do anything. You know what? Even being led with the Holy Spirit, you can still mess things up. It's called man. We're men. And uh, not to put down on us, but we're, we're sinners saved by grace. We're not sinners anymore. We're saints. If you believe God, if you believe the Lord Jesus Christ, you become a, a saint. And we believe that just by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But anyway, believe God for greater things, for big things. God's not short-handed. The Bible says the arm of the Lord is not short where he cannot reach, nor is his ear heavy to where he cannot hear. He hears you. And, and he's got the provision already taken care of. He knows what you have need of. But seek him first and seek his people. That's what Jesus gave the two Jesus said when he came on board, he said, I give you two new commandments. What? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Think about those two. In both of those two, all of the ten, all of the law was fulfilled through those two. Think about it. What is the kingdom of God? Love God. Love his presence. And then the second one is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself the witness love God and the witness so when you love God and you love his people you're going to open your mouth you're going to share your life you're going to say something you're going to do something for people amen I want to pray with you everybody bow your heads we'll pray thank you Holy Spirit Lord we just come before you before uh just the hand of Almighty God. We thank you, Lord God, that we will reap in due season if we faint not. And I pray over your people, your precious people that love you and that want to do right. Lord, they want to please you. We know there's only one way to please you, and that is we walk in faith. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. For those who come to him must believe that he is a rewarder. Believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How do you seek him? You seek him by faith. 
And Lord, I praise you. Maybe there's some people in here have maybe backslid and gotten away from God. You want to come back. You feel the just the, the pulling of the Holy Spirit. It's what he does, man. He pulls us, never pushes us. He's a perfect gentleman. And he wants you in his presence. He wants you saved. He wants your life changed. Not for his self, but for you. He wants you victorious. Or maybe you just haven't ever accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Like I was saying about the guy who would pull that trigger, not knowing whether it was going to go off or not. The next day, you don't know the day or the hour which you'll leave here. And uh, maybe you've never accepted the Lord as Lord and Savior of your life, but you want to today. I want to pray with you. And uh, just any special needs that you may have, man, the altar will be open. Uh, we want to pray with you and believe God for you, whatever area you're in. I'm going to pray right now, and y'all can come forth if you need prayer. I'd love to pray with you. Lord, I praise you for just the moving of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift of God, which is eternal life. Thank you for their body of believers that would uh, share with you their thoughts, maybe their unbeliefs, their desires, that you will meet all those needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And um, we praise you for it. We thank you for the, the Holy Spirit that is able to give us the things that we need to live this godly life. And y'all who the service has ended, if you need to leave, just leave quietly. We thank y'all for coming out. Thank you for your blessing. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for my sister. You touch her. Bless her abundantly. You know the needs of your people. You know the desires of their heart. When a man's ways please the Lord and make even his enemies be at peace with him. And, and thank you, Lord, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and pain and touch her. Uh, refill her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Just we need a refilling and infilling that we can move, that we can be challenged in each day and still trust you. And we thank you, Lord God, it's your help, it's your power that we rely on. Our trust in you and faith. Now let's get it.